It's 6 a.m. Rise and Shine. Let's talk sports and welcome to The Grind. And good Wednesday to you and welcome inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser and you're listening to the Hump Day edition of The Grind. Excited to be in here, excited to be in the dry as right now outside it's the closest I've ever felt like I need to maybe start building a boat. It is pouring here at Blunt Broadcasting this morning. So much that I parked a little closer today. Normally, I'm, you know, a get the few steps that I can get in kind of guy. And, 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 you know, it doesn't have to be the front row spot. Yeah, today, not only was I in the front spot, but I had turned the car to where I was closer to the door. That's how hard it's raining here. Just perspective if you needed it this early in the morning. 6 a.m. on your morning commute, or if you're listening to the re-air 2 to 3. Uh, again, hope you're, uh, I hope you're headed home. From work, but if you're on your way to work, uh, of course, be safe if it's still pouring the rain like it is right now. But I don't know. Rain's not going to bother me today. Tennessee last night made probably made my week, or at least it gets me to Saturday. You know, it's it's one of those situations where you know Kentucky's looming, so you can't really revel in a victory for too too long. But, I mean, all day today, tomorrow, and Friday, I'm good. I'm taken care of. No big deal. Tennessee last night played two – well, I won't even say two different halves because it was basically like 15 minutes of garbage, maybe 12, of just garbage basketball. Alabama was doing anything they wanted to do. They were taking any shot they wanted to do. They were being more physical. They were doing, you know – whatever they wanted to do. And then all of a sudden, and again, I don't know that this was the turning point, but it was a turning point. Euros Plopsic said, you know what? I'm going up for a basket, gets fouled, and then he kind of bumps. An Alabama guy gets teed up. You know, everything's good from that standpoint. But the team played a different brand of basketball from that point. And, you you know, over the last few weeks between Boone, Jeffy Mack, you know, anybody that's called in, my opinion of Tennessee is that they're young. They don't know how to be hungry yet. My opinion of Tennessee basketball is not that they're they're not coached, not that they're not, you know, athletically gifted, not that they're not able to win. It's just two things. One, they're extremely young, and two, everybody knows that. And they're, they're grinding their gears on Tennessee every time they get a chance. Because they're young, they can play faster, they, they've seen this before, and they can, they can adjust better than Tennessee right now. But last night, the stars aligned however that needed to work. And by the way, I called it yesterday. I picked Tennessee over the tide. Tennessee did what they needed to do. They 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 – kind of let it get away it was up I think at least to 14 points at one time in the first half and I'm like this thing's we're gonna get run out of the gym which Coleman Coliseum has not been our place that we just show out 
You know, it, it it's not like, oh, man, that's like another home home court advantage. Not so much. We don't play well there. So uh, a lot of different sports outlets, and even me yesterday said, you know, we don't play real well there, but I, I got a feeling. So yesterday or last night, you know, it's, it's, it's about a 15-point game, 14, 15-point game, and I'm like, Tennessee's got to respond. And all of a sudden, maybe with about six to eight minutes to go in the game or in the first half, Tennessee comes to life a little bit, you know, and and and, and really did their best to get it in single digits uh, at the half. And I thought that was ultimate, ultimate victory for that first half, just to get it in double figures to where you go into half knowing you've got a fighting chance. Alabama was doing a lot of good things as far as scoring and being able to be physical in spite of some foul trouble. But Tennessee just kept chunking away, just kept swinging that, swinging that hammer and, and basically, you know, did what they needed to do. Of course, they were led by the guy who, to me, to me, if there's, you know, the Vol Awards or Volskers or whatever that, that goes out there, there's been nobody. The, the two people in, in Vol Nation that need all the spirit, all the heart, all the, you know, whatever it takes to get the, the most driven award <laughs> is Juwan Jennings and John Fulkerson. You're not going to see two people that battle any more than those two. 20-point outputs from Jordan Bowden and John Fulkerson. And Bowden, Bowden's still in a, in a three-point shooting slump. I hate telling anybody. They can score. He can score whatever he wants. He's still tough to, to, to pass it out to on a three-point line. It just doesn't go down very much. But he and John Fulkerson was over 20 points. Eve Pons had a double-double. And Tennessee squeaks. Just right on by the Crimson Tide, 69-68. But as uh, as Dom would say in uh, t- in Fast and the Furious, inch or a mile, winning's winning. Uh, we were up by four on the last shot just to say how uh, how much of a battle it was. Uh, the win extent ended Tennessee's 13-9 three-game losing skid and was the first time the Vols overcame a 15-point deficit to win a game since knocking off who? Alabama. In March of 2017, the Vols were led by Fulkerson with 22. Uh, 14 of those coming in the first half. He was he was the guy who took the last shot that took it from 10 to 8 to uh, head to the half. And I thought confidence kind of led off the court with Tennessee right then, and uh, and it it proved to do so as they came out in the second half. Fulkerson also had three block shots on the night. Again, really defending the rim pretty well. He and Eve Ponds were all over it. Bowden's 20 points were the third. It's the third time he's reached 20 points this season, 16 coming in the second half. Bowden was also huge on the defensive end, had six steals on the night. So, again, he's he's finding a new niche as uh, as shooting seems to, to still be a little bit of a struggle for him. Pons had 12 points, had 14 rebounds. Eight of those rebounds were on the offensive end, second-chance points helping to keep alive a couple possessions in the second half that kept the basketball away from Alabama. The contest was the first time Vols had multiple 20-point scores since the Sweet 16 showdown against Purdue. If that doesn't tell you the youth of this basketball team and the the struggles that's been 2019 to 2020 for Tennessee basketball, nothing does. That's a long time. I mean, that's roughly nine months. Nine months. Kids were conceived and born 
since the last time we scored, had two double-figure scores, two 20-plus point scores. Let that let that kind of percolate a minute. That's tough. That's tough. But, uh, again, it's it's a good time to do it. You know, as the season progresses leading into Kentucky night up here coming, you know, coming to Knoxville, um, you know, I think it's a it's a nice time if you're gonna if you're gonna do something, it's good to do it when it means something. To get things going, the Crimson Tide knocked down six of their first twelve attempts and was had a sixteen to ten advantage really quick into the basketball game. Uh, at the eleven twenty five mark, that was the score sixteen to ten. At the half, as the half progressed, Alabama stretched its lead to as many as fifteen, so I wasn't far off. However, a late run. Spearheaded by six consecutive points by Fulkerson, meant the Crimson Tide would take a 40-32 to locker room advantage. I don't know. I And, and Laura looked at me like really weird at the end of the first half because I was like as happy as I may have been all season with this basketball team because I saw fight. I saw aggressiveness. I saw – I tell you, Santiago Vescovi – there was a time late in this basketball game last night, and we'll get to it as we as we talk second half. He was the only orange jersey in about four Alabama players, and he goes and gets it, not only gets the basketball, but gets fouled. And we're in the double bonus. That's two freebies. Just the aggressiveness and the, you know, I, I think, I can't remember who it was, who it was that was talking about it. Maybe it was Jalen Hurts. Maybe. I hate to give any Alabama player, but he was an Oklahoma player when he said it. But anyway, I digress. Jalen Hurts said, you know, hungry people are one thing, but when you're starving, you're hard to beat. And this team, I think, I think you know, on the sideline and, and things like that, you really see a, a different look to them because they don't like losing. I don't think they like practicing after a loss, if I had to, if I had to guess. And this is a team that 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 when they went to the locker room forty to thirty two down, they had the momentum. How many times does an eight point deficit take you to the half with momentum? Not a lot. I'll wait. But out out of the second half break, both squads went bucket for bucket. It was kind of a it was kind of a late round swing if you got them kind of thing. And Alabama held a fifty to forty three lead at the halfway point of the second half. Still a battle. But they had cut it from eight to seven over 10, 10 minutes of play. Over the next three minutes, the Vols went on eleven and three run to take their first lead since the eighteen forty four mark of the first half. Had a fifty four to fifty three advantage with eight twenty two remaining. From that point, dog fight ensued. The next four minutes saw the teams trade the lead four times, with the largest lead during the stretch being three points in favor of the Tide. In the final minutes, two time two timely buckets, steady free throw shooting, and a clutch rejection by Eve Pons uh, put a lid on the road victory. Uh, I think uh, you know you talk about timely buckets, you talk about consistent free throw shooting. I don't know when the last time that that described Tennessee basketball. I, I don't I don't I don't know that I've ever said you know what we had a real only time I've ever said that. I take that back. Is when Grant scored like forty-five or whatever. He might have scored. Whenever he might have scored fifty at Vandy there last year, and uh, and he shot like twenty-three free throws, made or shot twenty-four, made twenty-three. I can't remember, but that's the only time. And I thought Grant had a good free throw night. I'm pretty sure we missed some on the other end, 
But last night, you know, when we needed it, they fouled Pons at the end of the game. When he rejected that, got the rebound, they fouled him. I said, well, of the four balls that should have got it or could have got it and probably knocked down two free throws, he ain't one of them. You know what he did? He went down there and knocked down two free throws and told me to shut up. He might have said it in French. I, I don't know. But I feel like that's what he was saying. But anyway, he knocks them down. He gets the balls to a big win. And that stretched it to four. Again, the last shot Alabama made was a three that made to make it 69-68. If Pons don't hit both free throws, tie ball game overtime, I'm maybe crying right now. It's just that those moments are fleeting like that. Momentum is fleeting like that. So defense came up big last night. In in last night's game, Alabama was the SEC's highest leading, highest scoring SEC offense. The Vols held them under 70 points for just a second time during league play this season. You tell me two weeks ago you thought the Tennessee defense was going to be able to hold anybody under 70 points. You tell me, you, you, you know, you tell me that Tennessee was going to be able to have less turnovers, more rebounds, more free throws made than an opponent, any opponent. I mean, this side of Vandy. I mean, I feel like we're pretty much quite a bit better than Vandy, maybe Missouri. But this side of those two teams, maybe Ole Miss. Uh, <laughs> I keep adding because I'm like, I don't want to be in there. But uh, you look at it, it's where we're at. There's not a ton of teams I felt like we could stop based on youth, inexperience, and what that team was going to bring to the table. But the fact that we were able to battle, our percentages weren't great. We took a lot of shots. But I felt like we got some good looks later on in the game. First 10 minutes, it was almost like we wanted to take a bad shot. We would turn down a good shot to take a bad shot. And 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 I think I put on, on Twitter, nobody wants to shoot. Nobody wants to take off. And that's what happened last night. And then finally they just put their cares in the wind, you know, and I'm gonna clean that phrase up, but put it in the wind and uh and they just got after it. Uh Eve Pons, by the way, f- extends his streak to twenty two, and that's twenty two straight games with at least one block in a game that's a uh, that's pretty dynamic uh that's a uh, that's a uh, that's something you wait for it's not something you hope happens it's you're waiting on when it's going to happen but Eve Pons was a big proponent in the victory you look at the the scoring I'll run through the box score just a little bit 33 minutes for Fulkerson 22 points he was eight of nine from the field only missed one shot and six of eight from the free throw line had three rebounds uh Three blocks and one steal. I mean, guys all over it. Jordan Bowden, 39 minutes. He played the duration. He was 5 of 17 from the floor. Took a lot of shots. Took the most shots of any volunteer. 0 of 6 from the three-point line. 10 of 11 from the free throw line. So, again, all his five shots made came inside the arc. And 10 of 11 from the free throw line. That extends you out uh, to get you to the 20-point mark. Seven rebounds, uh, two assists, and six steals. Uh, that was a team best in steals. Eve Pons, 39 minutes, five of eight from the floor, 14 rebounds, uh, three blocks, uh, no steals in 14 points. Santagi, Santiago Vescovi, 38 minutes, uh, two of 15 shooting, uh, eight rebounds, five assists, and three steals. Uh, again, he was all over it. Euros Plovsic, 
Nine minutes, one of five from the floor, three rebounds, one steal, three points. Uh, Drew Pember, uh, nine minutes. Uh, he had two rebounds, two points. Jalen Johnson had 16 minutes. Uh, only took one shot, missed it, uh, but did have one assist and two rebounds. And then Devontae Gaines, 15 minutes. The guy who's all over the place. If we could get some weight on him, I'm going to love this kid because he plays a physical brand of basketball, and he's not phys- he's not really big. So 15 minutes, he took three shots, missed them, but he had one rebound and two steals. He's after it, and he wants to play well, and he's a good distributor. He gets it out to those who need it. And then Olivier Mkumwa, two minutes, uh, really, really just a limited output by him. Again, he's a, he's a physical guy, but he's a guy that's got to learn uh, just, just the, the college brand. But uh, 42 rebounds for the Vols. Just 13 turnovers, 13 steals, six blocks. So uh, defensively, a really good night for Tennessee. All, all told, they only shot 35.5% from the floor, 11% from three-point line, but 72% from the free-throw line. They pushed Alabama to an ugly game and won, but Alabama shot 46%, 41% from three-point line, and just 62% from the free throw line. But Tennessee nonetheless gets the victory. Enter them all. Winning's winning 69-68 to over the Tide. Excited about what Saturday looks like. Kentucky comes to town. It's a matchup in Knoxville that can, has been Kentucky's kryptonite. I hope that continues. I hope that continues because here's the thing. We don't have anything to lose. People say we're bad. They're going to say that that Alabama was just worse than we were because we were matching in the conference. I love the position Tennessee sits in because nobody believes in us. And everybody's like probably asking that question like, you like being there? Absolutely I like being there because the pressure's not there. Nobody, We're playing with house money. If Kentucky comes in here and beats us by 15, good. That's what everybody expected to happen. But, but, Eve Pons knows those guys are freshmen too. John Fulkerson will out-hustle a lot of those Kentucky players. He's not going to out-athletic them. He's not going to out-jump them. If we did a skills competition, they would win. But here's the thing. We found something last night. Whether we can harness it or not yet to be seen, we've got we've to play some more basketball. But we found something last night in the fact that keep playing, keep shooting, play good defense, and good things happen. And that's what happened last night. 69-68, Tennessee gets the victory, and a huge, huge victory for Rick Barnes, a huge victory for these freshmen, and a huge victory to show them they can do it. They can go on the road and win basketball games. Love what happened last night. Love the fight that we saw from the Vols and a way to close out a basketball game. Love what happened last night. But let's take a break. Listen to these great sponsors. You're listening to The Grind, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, and streaming at WKVL.com, Rocky Top Sports. We'll be right back. We're going to talk Recruiting Day 2020 right here on The Grind. We'll be right back. Hometown alternative to Ordinary Sports Radio, 100.9 FM, 850 AM, Rocky Top Sports. 
Rule King has a huge selection of workwear and outerwear for men and women, including clothes from Ariat, Burn, Carhartt, Columbia, Wrangler, and RK jeans for men. And now, Rule King is introducing Lincoln Outfitter jeans for women. Lincoln Outfitter women's jeans have sizes from 4 to 24 and are designed to offer comfort, style, and performance that are just $19.99. Check out the complete selection of workwear and the all-new Lincoln Outfitter women's jeans only at Rule King, America's farm and home store. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. El Jimador Mexican Grill, authentic Mexican food in Maryville, Tennessee for the past 15 years. Open Sunday through Thursday, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Friday and Saturday, 11 a.m. to 10.30 p.m. El Jimador offers Monday through Friday lunch specials with their 15 minutes or free guarantee. Call your order in at 865-681-6040 and delivery is available. You'll enjoy a comfortable environment while gathering with family and friends at El Jimador Mexican Grill, located at 1705 East Lamar Alexander Parkway in Maryville, Tennessee. El Jimador Mexican Grill, a proud sponsor of Blunt County Sports. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work? Or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. Hey, sports fans. Ever thought about having your own sports radio show? Ever thought you could do as well as those so-called experts? Now's your chance. Call 724-1100 or visit our website at WKBL.com to learn more about this exciting opportunity. This is Wayne Kaiser, host of Rocky Top Sports, sports radio show, The Grind. If you're looking for a way to catch The Grind not in its normal programming, if you can't make that six to seven hour, check it out online thegrindonsports.com. It's the hub for everything The Grind. We've got Twitter feed, Facebook feed, and, of course, SoundCloud. If you miss a show, you don't have to miss it forever. Check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. Gracie's Restaurant is a spot for fine home cooking. Today's special is chicken and dumplings, just like at Grandma's house, except you don't have to do the dishes. Gracie's Restaurant, 766 East Lincoln Road in Maryville, 984-7117 or online at gracieshomecooking.com. Custom shirts, vinyl decals, and all things custom printing. That's what Night Shift Printing brings your way. If you need custom printed accessories, check out my man Jacob Carter of Night Shift Printing. You can contact them direct 321-6845 or via email at nightshiftprinting at gmail.com. That's K-N-I-G-H-T, printing at gmail.com. Check them out on Facebook and Instagram. You don't want to miss it. It's well worth it. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is sports radio from a fan's perspective. 
You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM. Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKBL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, and you're listening to the Hunt Day edition of the Grind National Signing Day today. And, of course, if you're at the top of the hour, uh, don't miss 7 to 10 a.m. Jason Swain's going to have a signing day special there at Dead End Barbecue. Uh, check him out. Check check us out. He's part of WKBL uh, just as much as any. And, and of course, uh, great commentary uh, about National Signing Day. But my take on it is uh, Tennessee's got some work to do today. You know, now that there's two signing days, I feel like the February date used to be used to be like Christmas again. Like it was the time when, when you kind of – you had corralled these relationships. And when I say you, I mean Tennessee. But the, the university had kind of corralled these relationships and they had kind of got us out of football season – you know, got through bowl practice and, and really kind of courted, if you will, a lot of great athletes. And today was the day that they made that decision. Well, that's not really the case that it goes anymore. As Tennessee uh, already has several uh, commitments, they have 21 signees, four early enrollees. There's four of these guys that are already on campus. Uh, Harrison Bailey, Dominique Bailey, uh, Cooper Mays, and Jimmy Holiday all on campus right now. Right now. Uh, of course, Harrison Bailey, the uh, the five-star guy, and I'm going to say that because he's he's not a consensus five-star, but he is to us. Don, Harrison Bailey from Marietta uh, is going to come in and hopefully have a really big impact on the Vols. The signees that have already done that, uh, already gave that letter in uh, in December, uh, are Keyshawn Lawrence out of Nashville. He's a safety Omari Thomas, a defensive tackle out of Memphis. Uh, Tyler Barron out of Knox Catholic High School. He's a defensive end, 6'5". Jalen Hyatt uh, from Irmo, South Carolina. He's a wide receiver. Uh, Jimmy Calloway from Morrow, Georgia. He's a wide receiver. Inside linebacker, Lenith Whitehead. He's from Athens, Georgia, uh, right in the backyard of of the Georgia. Uh, Morvin Joseph, Lakeland, Florida. He's a weak side defensive end. Bryson Eason out of Memphis, he's a linebacker. Uh, Martavius French out of Memphis, he's a linebacker. Uh, Danico Slaughter, Roswell, Georgia, he's a safety. Love the name. Like, I feel like I need a Slaughter jersey, like right now. Pick a number, kid, and I'm going to take it up. Uh, Javontez Spragans, uh, he's from St. Louis, Illinois. Uh, he's a center. Uh, Tamarian McDonald from Memphis, he's an outside linebacker. Jabari Small out of Memphis. Uh, he's an all-purpose back. Uh, Reginald Perry, he's out of Fairfield, Alabama by way of Fairfield Preparatory School. He's a tackle, defensive tackle. Uh, James Robinson, he's 6'4", 323 out of Montgomery, Alabama. He's a guard. T. Hodge, most people know that name and they should. Uh, he's a Maryville Red Rebel turned Tennessee volunteer. T. Hodge, six foot two, 216 pound running back. Will Albright out of Greenville, Tennessee. He's a long snapper, and those are the signees that have hit the books for Tennessee already in late 2019, but part of the 2020 class. And then three transfers, hopefully all that will make big impacts. 
Miles Jones, wide receiver. He's 5'9", 170 pounds, came from Nebraska and will now be suiting up for the Vols. Cade Mays, uh, again, brother of Cooper Mays, son of Kevin Mays. He's 6'6", 318 pounds, offensive tackle, and uh, and he's a Georgia Bulldog-turned-Tennessee volunteer. Pending appeal, we'll see if he's going to be available. And then Vellis Jones, Jr., he's six foot, 190-pound wide receiver, a Southern Cal grad transfer, so he'll be immediately eligible for the Vols. Huge, uh, huge guy and really uh, a big physical wide receiver that we are excited about getting. So I put all that out there to say Tennessee's 14th in the nation ranking, 7th in the Southeastern Conference, average player ranking of .897. That's out of 1.0. So pretty good, uh, pretty good output for the Vols, but still uh, some open targets. Uh, And when you look at that, basically you can look at at some of the the guys that you're looking at. The the guys that I I think Tennessee has one of the, the, the better shots with, or, or has a good rapport with, let's say that, four-star wide receiver Malachi Weidman. Uh, the prediction is he's going to go to Ole Miss, and we'll see, we'll see what that, that looks like. His, his, his recruitment has been highly publicized, very, very fluid, if that's a good way to put it, very much like Zach Evans. I think a lot of people know that, that story, that it's going to be he's not going to sign today and that his is going to go on and, and let him kind of have the, the spotlight a little bit. But uh, it's been a, a bit like his for Malachi Weidman, but not as dramatic. It, it's the same amount of uncertainty, but certainly uh, Weidman is committed to Florida State. Seminoles have been fighting to keep him, but with the staff shakeup at Florida State, it kind of opens the door for Weidman to choose uh, one of his other schools. His other three major contenders to Florida State are Tennessee, Oregon, and Ole Miss. A lot of people say he likes what Kiffin's got going on at Ole Miss. We'll see what happens there. But uh, it, it looked like Tennessee was gaining some momentum, and then it kind of cooled as of late. Uh, but I feel like uh, you know Lane Kiffin, he can sell the new thing. He can sell the play right now thing. And I think we can sell that too. So I think it's between Ole Miss and Tennessee if – He's going to get pulled away from Florida State. I think Oregon's on the outside looking in. Three-star athlete Demarcus Beckwith. Uh, the prediction is uh, there's been a battle between the Gators and Tennessee that will ultimately be settled today. The recruitment of him has been straight up from word jump 50-50, and there's no crystal ball that says otherwise. Florida looks like they're one, the true contender uh, for his services, but Tennessee won't go away as they continue to visit this kid and want his services. It began to change the news uh, basically that he was gonna he he was gonna he was gonna go to Knoxville and I think that shook some shook some heads a little bit. But then since the visit to Knoxville, it's been basically a coin flip. Class spot availability isn't an issue for either team. Florida is expecting to lose a couple of their current commits. So we're going to see if the surging volunteers can take one away from the Gators uh, yet again. We'll see. Three-star athlete Demarcus Beckwith. The prediction for me is Tennessee. I think we've got a better chance with him uh, than we do Weidman. I think Weidman's going to go to Ole Miss. I I really do. Uh, I think what what Kiffin's got to sell, high-flying, you're going to get a lot of yards. You're going to be part of an explosive offense. I think that's going to sell with Weidman. And I think Beckwith knows 
the needs that Tennessee has at the wide receiver position. I think he could be a really good slot guy, and we'll see if that proves, if that shakes out uh, for Tennessee in their favor. And then the last target, and really one of the the latest spots that we have is five-star running back Zach Evans. Uh, He's the number one player in the class. Should clear something up. Basically, uh, since he's he's already signed a, a letter of intent with Georgia, uh, so he cannot sign another one. Essentially, the only way we'll know uh, where he's going is when he shows up on campus for practice. He could also announce on social media beforehand, but he doesn't seem to be the type of recruit that's going to do that. We have basically little to no info as to which way he's going to go. I think you know I don't think he's going to go to Georgia. Just to be quite honest with you, I, I think I think this is a kid that's going to take every bit of. Um, every bit of publicity he can get. Uh, but early on, he chose Georgia in the early sign, signing period. He chose them over LSU and A&M, and he was set to reveal his decision at the Under Armour All-American game in Orlando on January the 2nd. But he arrived uh, and arrived at Georgia as an early enrollee. Now he backed out of the market, uh, backed onto the market, and exploring some other options. He went on a pair of official visits last month traveling to Ole Miss the weekend of January 18th and then came to Knoxville January the 25th. So uh, he has one more official he can take, uh, but but when the February dead period now underway, uh, he won't have a chance to take that visit until at least March 1st. He has indicated he's planning to wait and, and take that visit before making a decision. It's unlikely that he'll announce any kind of decision as of Wednesday. And when when I say he signed a letter of intent with Georgia, but they have released him from that, uh, he can sign financial agreements with a lot of different schools. So we'll see if the water gets a little muddy from that. Does he narrow the list and sign the the financial side of it with multiple with multiple people? But I'll be honest, Zach Evans is a game changing recruit. But uh, but but I'm I'm interested in the the resources Tennessee is going to continue to pour into that. And and I'll just tell you, I tried to get a, a, an interview with Coach Pruitt uh, in the last couple of days. Just, I was saying, you know, here after signing day, you know, when things kind of slow down, and, and I I was unable to get that, that interview. And I think the reason being is, is they're not going to sign him for any interviews till Zach Evans signs. I really think that. I, I think that's, that's kind of one of the deals that, that's kind of coming out is he's going to work hard to get this kid. If he doesn't, you know, it's one of those – those deals that uh, you, you did what you could do and you still didn't get it, but at the end of the day, uh, you got to push like you want him or you're not going to get him. Uh, I think Tennessee enters National Signing Day with the 14th-ranked class based on how things fall and how people decommit and how different things go today. Tennessee could end up in the top 10. All 21 of Tennessee's commitments have already been announced as signees, so, so really what we're looking today is to fill the class, not to really make it. I mean, it is what it's going to be. But could they get in the top ten? Sure. Uh, I think it looks like a realistic possibility. I think they've got, you know, the the of the – I think they've got to get two of the last three, uh, you, you know, commits if, if they want to get in that top ten. I think, I think star power in, in this regard, uh, you've got to get a couple of those guys. And I, I think they're there to be had. I think Beckwith and Evans are real, real possibilities. I really do think Weidman uh, is – I really think he's going to Ole Miss. I, I don't know why, and and maybe he makes a liar out of me, and I like him too. I, it's not that I don't like the kid. I just think uh, Kiffin's going to get his at some rate, and I think the Wideman kid, 
is is impressionable enough to get that look at Ole Miss. But uh, I think if Tennessee's going to get in the top ten, they're going to need some help. Uh, adding any two of three Tennessee's top three remaining targets would give uh, the, the a team score that would move them up to nine. But again, that's based uh, on on current standings. Other teams near them are likely to make additions also. So that that's kind of ebb and flow. Who's going to add what? Uh, but those teams are Oklahoma, Texas, Michigan, Oregon, Penn State uh, that can make uh, this this climb into the top ten a little difficult for Tennessee. They they might have to await an answer for Evans, and if he extends it past signing day, of course, that's going to keep them uh, from jumping into that top ten. But if you land Evans, I think you're in the top ten regardless. I mean, I think you, you nab one of the, the top recruit, if, if not the top all overall, definitely – the number one running back recruit. I think you add those pieces and you have a really good opportunity uh, to do so. Beckwith, uh, if, if, you, if you're interested in when they're going to sign or when they're going to say what they're going to say, uh, I think you, you look and Evans is not going to sign today. Beckwith looks to announce 9.15 a.m. Eastern, so we'll know here in just a few minutes. If you're listening 2 to 3, uh, again, Google that because you'll have that uh, that that coverage you'll have that that answer and then malachi weidman will announce at 1 p.m eastern time so again uh same goes check your uh check your social media i'll try to keep twitter updated uh with any kind of additions or detractions uh, from what our list is uh moving forward there's names out there that are not on this list uh big things are happening today for a lot of local kids so i want to go ahead and and, and kind of put that out there ashton maple is going to sign with tennessee tech today Really excited for him. He's he's a great kid and a great player in Tennessee Tech. He, he's going to be rebel turned Golden Eagle, and I think they're getting a great player in that. AJ Davis is gonna is gonna sign with UAB today. I think that's a huge get for them, and they're they're continuing to add local talent. There was a uh, I think Gray Carroll from Alcoa got an offer uh, from from UAB there, and he's a junior, so uh, it, it'll be good to see what he's able to do. And if he decides to go and play with some of those local talent, Dylan Hopkins is there at UAB, former Maryville Rebel. So uh, I, I'm excited about what the local kids have going for him today. And then also Holden Willis, uh, one of our one of our best interviews. Uh, I'm not going to lie on this show. A humble kid that was wanting to play for a championship, got the opportunity to do that, got the opportunity to get one, but then fell short in the championship game uh, there. And, uh, and, 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 you know, great kid, great, great mind, great family around him. And, and, and he's going to South Florida. He'll, he'll of course probably sign that deal today. And, uh, and, and then it's, it's the next four years. And, and some people say, and I've heard guys, it's the next 40 years because you sign with this school for four years, but the alumni association and that, that what you're about to gain as far as an extended family, is something that you couldn't, you can't mock up. You can't make these things up. So I think it's great for local kids to get this opportunity to, to be able uh, to do things like this. And man, what a, what a time. What a time to be in high school. What a time to have that opportunity to sign on a dotted line to have four years of school paid for. Paid for. Gotta love it. If it, you know, and again, congratulations just as much to their families. That's huge uh, to have that opportunity and, and to get to experience that. You know, I think it's it's all great and it's all fun and it's all because of hard work. And on the parent side of things, on the player side of things, uh, it's a good moment. And uh, take that in. 
today is is National Signing Day 2020, and Tennessee's got a big day, but I think local kids around the area also have big days. We'll uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that tomorrow as things shake out, but let's take our last break of the day. Listen to these great sponsors. When we come back, some breaking news yesterday as far as Michigan State is looking for a head coach in football, and then also Mookie Betts, David Price, no longer Red Sox. They head west. There are Dodgers now. We'll see what that shakes up with the Red Sox and then how the Dodgers look going into 2020. We'll talk it all on the flip. You're listening to The Grind, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, and streaming at WKVL.com. Rocky Top Sports. We'll be right back. is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make. And it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. Did you know most employers consider soft skills as important as the skills it takes to do a job? Soft skills include things like attitude, communication, teamwork, motivation, and time management. You can take your career to the next level by taking free soft skill classes at the Blunt County Public Library. Find complete class schedule and registration information at www.bluntchamber.com. Are you looking for that perfect gift for someone who loves the outdoors? Consider a subscription to Tennessee Wildlife Magazine. If they hunt, fish, or just enjoy backyard wildlife, they'll find it chock full of interesting articles and great photos of the wildlife right here in our state. They'll think of you every time a new issue arrives. Log on to tnwildlife.org to subscribe. It's just $10 per year. This is Wayne Kaiser, host of Rocky Top Sports, sports radio show, The Grind. If you're looking for a way to catch The Grind, not in its normal programming, if you can't make that six to seven hour, check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. It's the hub for everything The Grind. We've got Twitter feed, Facebook feed, and of course, SoundCloud. If you miss a show, you don't have to miss it forever. Check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. Don't miss Pizza Hut Spirit Day. Help raise funds for Maine support. That's M-A-N-E support. The second Monday of every month at Pizza Hut, 804 Foothills Mall Drive, Maryville, 375 Hannam Street, Alcoa, and 2418 Airport Highway in Alcoa. From 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. all day. All you need to do is order a pizza from Pizza Hut on the second Monday of every month, and Maine support receives 20% of all sales. 
Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work? Or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. Rural King has joined Hope Products, a brand dedicated to saving children from childhood cancer and other life-threatening diseases. When you buy Hope Products coffee pods at Rural King, 50% of all profits go directly to support St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. An 80-count box of breakfast blend or Hope House Blends coffee pods are regularly $24.99, but for a limited time are now just $12.98. Support St. Jude's by picking up some 80-count boxes of Hope Products coffee pods for $12.98 at Rural King, America's farm and home store. Custom shirts, vinyl decals, and all things custom printing. That's what Night Shift Printing brings your way. If you need custom printed accessories, check out my man Jacob Carter of Night Shift Printing. You can contact them direct 321-6845 or via email at nightshiftprinting at gmail.com. That's K-N-I-G-H-T, shiftprinting at gmail.com. Check them out on Facebook and Instagram. You don't want to miss it. It's well worth it. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is Sports Radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM, Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKBL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, and you're listening to the Hump Day edition of The Grind. As we, as we finish out today's show, maybe the last 15 minutes, we're just going to talk about hot topics uh, of the day. So a couple of them, Mark D'Antonio steps down at Michigan State. I think that's huge because it's National Signing Day today. Stepped down yesterday, now, he's, now it's signing day today. So any potential targets they had are probably on the phone, have been on the phone uh, for the better part of since the the news broke. I would like to think they knew before it hit ESPN. But here's the deal. Uh, It's funny that Mark D'Antonio steps down uh, merely a day after some allegations were updated in the ongoing investigation into into college recruiting. Uh, it, It comes... Uh, Curtis Blackwell, he filed an update in the ongoing lawsuit claiming that D'Antonio and the Spartans committed multiple NCAA recruiting violations. Blackwell said D'Antonio helped arrange jobs for high-level recruits and took Blackwell on recruiting visits, which is an NCAA violation, as Blackwell was not an on-field coach. D'Antonio says that there's no relevance. That's what he says. And, and then, And then, of course, Beckman or Beekman, whatever, uh, their athletic director says, uh, we're not going to talk about this. This is a celebration. Uh, you know, I'm not going to take anything away from him. You know, he was kind of a steady force in the Big Ten and and, and not necessarily the greatest of steady forces, but steady nonetheless. Uh, three Big Ten championships, a Rose Bowl victory, a college football playoff appearance, uh, and, and some big-time shockers over the guys from, uh, from Ann Arbor. So uh, I think – uh, you know, Jim Harbaugh's looking and, and kind of going, whew, 
you know, looking at it and, and, and being that way. And, and honestly, whether you say the investigation had anything to do with it or not, I, I don't know. I mean, he is going to stay on with the university. So I think, I think that's a little bit of, uh, you, you know, that's a little bit of, uh, uh, of signs that they feel confident that it's not going to be like a, like a, uh, you know, they're not going to have to save face and fire him. You know what I'm saying. So we'll be interested to what he does. Uh, I always thought he was a he was kind of a from the hip kind of guy. Uh, it seemed like his players liked to play for him. Uh, that that he wasn't really flashy, but at the same rate, he he you know he played a, a brand of football that was consistent. And, and sometimes you can you can appreciate consistency, even if um, you know even if all of that the rest of it's kind of crumbling. So uh, we'll we'll see. Uh, We'll see how that goes per se, but you you know I think replacements uh, for 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 D'Antonio I, to me if Michigan State has any semblance of wanting to salvage this class, you name an interim this season and you ride it out. I, I don't think I, I don't think there's a there's there's a, a good way to do this. You, you know I don't think this was good timing. Uh, I mean I really don't, but I think. Uh, you know, I think there's some names out there. Luke Fickle, uh, he's Cincinnati's coach. I think uh, you look at that, and 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 he's got to be a guy out there. Uh, but I thought somebody put out there. Uh, you know, I thought somebody put out there Butch Jones, and I'm I'm not carrying the water. I'm not a bricklayer, but at the same rate, it may not be a bad gig for him. They've had seven and six the last two seasons. Uh, he can get players there. And, and, and honestly, in the Big Ten, it may be a decent fit. I think he would take the job and get him off the payroll. I, uh, I don't see a ton of, uh, ton of reasons uh, not to do that. Luke Fickle, of course, the front runner. Uh, basically, as soon as D'Antonio was, announced his resignation, uh, Fickle's name was the first to come up. Uh, he was an interim head coach at Ohio State in 11 and uh, led the Buckeyes to a 6-7 and seven record uh, that season, however. Uh, he later got the job at Cincinnati uh, in 2017 and basically has totally rebuilt um, that program, uh, actually to uh, made it to the ACC, AAC championship game in 2019. Pat Narduzzi, uh, he, he is uh, the head coach at Pitt. Uh, he's been a guy that's kind of ebbed and flowed, but he's been able to beat some big-time names. Uh, Clemson's two, three years ago national championship, he's the only team – to to have beaten them and beat them with Nate Peterman, so I feel like there's some uh, there's some credibility there. Mike Tressel, the current Mich- Michigan State interim head coach, uh, is it was the defensive coordinator, now the uh, interim head coach, and we'll see if he's the guy uh, to take them on. Chris Creighton uh, is uh, is a guy to look at. He currently coaches the Eastern Michigan Eagles. Uh, Creighton has been there since 2014 and has a 28-47 and 47 record with the program. It says, in the sake of fairness, Eastern Michigan has come a long way from winning three games his first two seasons. I don't know about that. Jim McElwain, another name that's out there. He's actually head coach at Central Michigan right now, been there uh, since 2019, so uh, just one year there. Uh, he immediately, though, got the Chippewas to 8-6 and six, uh, an appearance in the MAC title game. So I think there's some some pedigree there, but uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, those guys are going to have to leave a program. I mean, Butch Jones just has to has to sit the coffee pot down. I mean, he's just got to tidy up the the styrofoam cups and he's ready to go. 
I don't know that it's not a bad gig. I, I think you'd get him real cheap. I think he could come in. He probably wouldn't change the staff a whole lot because, you know, at the same rate, I don't know. He probably would. He'd mess it up. But Butch Jones is a name to throw out there. I, I think, you know, uh, uh, a guy that, that can recruit, just needs to get some developers and needs to learn that it's not about him, and, and I think he could be okay. So I think from that standpoint, it's something to look at. I mean, and, and you know, me being, the, me being the Big Ten expert here, not so much. I think it's a good call. He's a Michigan guy, Michigan State. Um, sounds like a no-brainer. He was at Central Michigan, so, I mean, he knows the area somewhat. So uh, I, I, uh, I, think, I think you should do that, Michigan State. I know you're, you're really eager to listen to me, so uh, if you need to, give me a call. I can give you a few reasons, 865-983-4310. But another topic there uh, that, that kind of broke last night, Mookie Betts, David Price, headed to, headed to, to L.A. The Red Sox have, uh, have disbarred, if you will, a little lock, stock, and barrel action as Mookie Betts and David Price are traded to the Dodgers. And 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 immediately the headline is, the 20s are going to be the year of the Dodgers, or the decade of the Dodgers, as, as they start the new chapter with a big-time Mookie Betts trade. The Dodgers are mad. The, the L.A. Dodgers are mad. You sensed it in a passive-aggressive statement the night of January 13th, basically just hours after the Astros were punished for, for the sign-stealing scandal. You sensed it mostly in the pointed words during the annual preseason gathering as Justin Turner expressed how difficult it was to believe the Astros earned the right to be called champions. In addressing Major League Baseball's revelations, Dave Roberts said, Frustrating is probably the floor of my emotions. Ross Stripling bemoaned the fact that none of the players were punished Enrique Hernandez wearing Dodgers colored sunglasses called it a shame and cracked a joke about how proud he was of his team for winning a game at Minute Maid Park where they knew every pitch that was coming. At one point, uh, Hernandez even distinctly uh, mocked the you know enthusiasm. It's 2020, a new decade. The 20s are going to be the Dodgers' decade. Uh, the Dodgers kind of stayed dormant all winter, took a, a little bit of, uh, of some steps, but nothing as big as what they did one day ago, pulling off maybe – the biggest right now edition of the offseason as a as of the Andrew Friedman era. They ship off two pivotal pieces, controllable players in exchange for superstar right fielder Mookie Betts, who will make twenty seven million in his final season before he hits free agency at the end of twenty twenty. The Dodgers parted with Alex Verdugo, a talented young outfielder, and Kenta Maeda a proven weapon from the rota- for the rotation in their bullpen who went to the Twins. Also agreed to take a bulk of the $96 million remaining in left-handers David Price's contract, all essentially for one season of a player who might sign elsewhere next season. Uh, maybe he'll be exactly what the team needs. Maybe it's a fit, but I think Mookie Betts, one of the more electric players in baseball right now, this is a, this is a home run. Uh, to say the least, I thought this was a good get, especially with the uh, with the, the the deal that that sent Jock Peterson away from L.A. Uh, I think this really uh, helps them a lot in in getting them more in contention 
with the likes of, uh, you know, with the likes of the Nationals. I, I think they're going to have still some youth to be able to ha- be had, and I think the Braves are going to bring some firepower back to 2020. So I, I think the Dodgers needed some, and they sure got it yesterday as they uh, as they they get that they get bets and Price. They lose Peterson, but I think if you're going to trade, uh, they made a, a pretty nice trade in that. But the uh, the offseason offered a snapshot. The uh, The Dodgers wanted Garrett Cole. If they would have got Garrett Cole, Mookie Betts, and David Price, that's a wrap. Go ahead and start printing the T-shirts. Get the rings ready. Get the hats out. It's happening. But I think the Yankees getting Garrett Cole puts them in the, in the driver's seat, of course, in the American League. But the Dodgers, they're going to be in a dogfight. They're going to have a lot of weapons. They they always do, but I think the Dodgers sit there with the. They're in the driver's seat. It's a bench seat in a in a single cab truck, but they're in the driver's seat nonetheless. They've got some pieces, some teams, and some franchises clipping on their heels in the National League. But uh, Mookie Betts, twenty seven years old. Cody Bellinger, uh, twenty four years old. Uh, two of the game's top five players, probably. Uh, and top and two of the game's five or so best players in the same outfield, Turner, Max Munzee, Corey Sager, and Gavin Lux, the promising prospect that essentially uh, refused to trade. Filling out the rest of the dominant lineup, left-handed hitting outfielder Jock Peterson was dealt, but but uh, a lot of additions there yesterday to kind of fill that void. Like what uh, what they did there. Again, I'm not a Dodgers fan, but I can appreciate a really good move. And I think Mookie Betts and David Price. David Price is a really good pitcher. You get him in your rotation, and he's a guy that can just build out. He's smart. He's a Vandy kid. And I don't give Vandy a lot of credit, but when it comes to books, I'm going to go with the Vandy guy because he's probably read it. He probably knows it. I just looked at the pitchers. No pun intended. <laughs> I put that together late. But uh, anyway, anyway, I think the if you're going to get rid of Jock Peterson, if that was a deal that had to be done, I think you opened a lot of space with that move to allow a Mookie Betts-David Price deal, and you had to pick up a lot of money with David Price's contract. But uh, I think it's interesting. You know, I'm just going to throw this out there. Uh, you talk of damaged goods. You talk of some players that knew what was going on. Uh, you can't say that Mookie Betts and David Price didn't know the uh, the Red Sox were very uh, integral in in some of that Astros stuff. So it, it's interesting to see that they picked those pieces, but I think you get what's the best available, and that's what was the best available. But uh, we're right up here against the timeline. Want to mention here at the top of the hour, again, Jason Swain, the Swain event, three hours, 7 to 10. Going to have a signing day special. You don't want to miss that. But if you like what you hear right here, if you like 6 to 7, you like 2 to 3 every afternoon, uh, check us out on Facebook. It's The Grind On Sports. Twitter, at The Grind On Sports. And then on Instagram, The Grind On Sports. And uh, and then we're also just, just recently released. We're on Google Play Music as The Grind On Sports Podcast. Uh, the Grind On Sports Podcast also on Apple Podcast. And then, of course, we have our website, The Grind On Sports com. You, you don't want to miss it. Every way to find us is all those that I just mentioned. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, SoundCloud, Apple Podcast, and Google Play Music, all the grind on sports. If you search it, find it, follow it, like it, and listen. So I appreciate all those that do already and hope we are growing this thing here in 2020. But thanks to 42SD, 42nd Street Marketing, 
They are branding the grind, and they can brand you as well. Check them out, 42SD.com. You'll, you'll like it, and you'll thank me. But if you're on your way to work or on your way home, take care, be safe, and yes, grind on. It's hump day. See you tomorrow.